We thank you all for coming to the Basilica this morning to worship our God on this, the 26th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Special welcome to our parishioners and guests and those who are passing through our community this weekend. The prophet Amos today throws out a woe. And whenever we hear the word woe in Scripture, our ears should be opened up because it's a warning. And today the prophet Amos says, Woe to those who are complacent. Maybe indifferent. Maybe not growing. We can look around the world today for many examples to see a woe that Amos is calling us to. But I think this weekend also gives us hope. And I'd like to thank many of you who came and attended the Eucharistic Conference in Fargo this past Friday and Saturday as we had four national dynamic, I would say all-American speakers who gave us different aspects of the faith to challenge us and to help us to grow. Truly a gathering of the body of Christ focusing on our Lord as the head and we as his body, and what the Lord wants to do with his members. At this, there was a lot of time for hope, as there was a lot of time of visiting old friends. And I'm reminded of one of my friends who I haven't seen in a few days, who said, Father, how are the Q-tips doing in your congregation? I said, Q-tips, what do you mean? He says, look at me, I'm one of them, I got white hair. Really, the Q-tips are doing fair. But we could laugh, we could cry. There was also a healing service that was offered. And he said, for Q-tip, quit taking it personal. I like that acronym. Quit taking things personal as God is in charge. But during the healing service, we heard many testimonies of many people who were healed during the Eucharistic procession through the congregation at that Eucharistic conference. One person had been in a car accident in the last month, could not move their neck yesterday morning. They came up in front of everybody, moved it freely. They didn't even know they should attend yesterday as the pain was at a level eight. We had a man who was doctoring with his back from a farm accident. His chiropractor was there. The pain level went from an eight to a zero. Even I was healed as I got arthritis in my right hand on my middle finger. I haven't been able to touch the palm of my hand. God is still living. God is still active today. And God wants to heal you again this morning as you encounter him in the Holy Eucharist. But Dr. Healy gave us Four reasons why people might not get healed today. And the number one root is unforgiveness. If we're living in unforgiveness, we need to think about and ask the Holy Spirit, who in my life do I still need to forgive? Why? Because unforgiveness, grace does not penetrate. It's contrary to the gospel. Maybe you don't struggle with unforgiveness. Maybe you do. It's a good thing to bring to the Lord as you desire healing. Because those who want to be healed and have faith that God can heal them, God heals. 
The second thing that she brought up is those who consider themselves not worthy. You know, you say, I've been so many places, done so many things. I'm not, wor I'm not worthy of God. That's a lie. Because God meets his people where they are at. And we see that with Lazarus today in the gospel. We have other people. The third thing that she mentioned are doubts. Their faith is not strong enough. They doubt that God can heal them. Again, something else that we need to renounce on our part. And then the last one she mentioned was pride. Pride, you know, the Lord has blessed me so many times, I don't think he owes me anything else. Almost sounds like the rich man in today's gospel. My question to you is, during the time of Jesus, how did the good news spread? There was no six o'clock news. I'm almost sure there was no daily newspapers. As people would flock into cities to see Jesus, they would see blind men being healed, deaf men being healed, lepers being healed. How does that spread? We share with what God is doing in our life as they did. How does news travel today of Lazarus? Somebody heard the parable. They shared it with other people of what God was doing for Lazarus. Because folks, without Jesus, our life does not have meaning. Our life does not have purpose. And our life could be planted in the middle of an ocean in a boat. And that boat can spin a million different trajectories and land on a million different shore possibilities. But God only desires one from you and me when we take our last breath, that we land on the shore of heaven. And that's why I think it is important, folks, that we take the daily scriptures and we ponder them daily. Because God has so much information He wants to give to your heart as He wants to give it to mine. So for instance, if we look through the Old Testament, we could go through that book of Leviticus. And if any of you have ever tried to read that book, it's difficult. Because it's all about what is clean and sacred versus what is unclean and unsafe. As God lays out what it means to be a follower of His. Sacred Scripture also gives us direction so that we can connect with the Lord no matter what we are going through. Sacred Scripture can comfort us in our sorrow. It can also warn us of things we need to stay away from. But the Word of God is a treasure. Inside the treasure is a map. On the day of baptism, you are given a key. A key to life. A key as heaven opens up to you. And all of God's grace comes upon you. Folks, today we have two men in the gospel. One man is a rich man. The other man's name is Lazarus. I think it's good that we study their lives today to understand how God wants to speak to you through this given gospel today. What do we hear about the rich man? We know he wore fine purple clothing. He dines sumptuously. 
He doesn't have a name. Maybe it's the Minnesota Vikings offense alignment. He doesn't have a name. Maybe it's your priest during Advent and Lent. They all look like they eat sumptuously. They wear purple. This rich man today is you and me. You and I are so blessed by God. We have no idea what God is even doing in our life this last week because we don't acknowledge it. The man that gets acknowledged today is Lazarus who had sores on his body. Dogs would lick the sores and the wounds and the man was hungry. And they are both going into eternal life. Both of them have many things in common. One is responding to God. And what is the other doing? He's thinking about the blessings. How many blessings I've had in my life that I don't even need God. Because I've been able to do it on my own. Without the help and the assistance of God's grace. That might be a rich man who works a million hours a week and makes two million dollars a week and thinks, you know what, things are going pretty good. Why should I pray? All of us today can identify with that rich man. And that's why I think it's important, folks. I'm going to use a word you're not familiar with. It's a word you should leave church today knowing. We've all been presented with the kerygma. What is a kerygma? It's a proclamation of the gospel. If you come to Mass every Sunday for three years, you hear the gospel. Most of you come here every Sunday, which is good. But the kerygma is an apostolic proclamation of salvation through Jesus. Now if I were to ask you, could you sum up the gospel for me in less than five minutes? What would you say? I want to do that today because we're going to look at this man named Lazarus through different eyes. The gospel can be summed up in four points. Point number one, it begins with a creator because we have creation. With a creator, it presupposes there are creatures which are you and me. As creatures, what does that mean? Both men today were created by God and by the hand of God. I think we'd all agree to that statement. But there's a part in the Mass before we sing the Holy, Holy, Holy that we call all the angels and saints to be with us. If we have loved ones who are in heaven, they are here with us today. They are worshiping God. But what do we say before we say the Holy, Holy, Holy? We say it is truly right and just. Our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Adam and Eve were created. You and I were created. Who are we created by? The one it is right and just, our duty and our salvation to worship. Adam and Eve fell like you and I do when we sin. We choose the world over the ways of God. So what did God decide to do with creation? He decided to come and dwell amongst his people. 
And we see this as they leave Egypt with the Exodus. And they wander in the desert for 40 years. God gives Moses the directions to put a dwelling tent together. Because God did not want his people separated from him. He wanted communion with them. As he does you today. As they traveled through the desert. God was in their presence. He built an Ark of the Covenant. Our modern day tabernacle. Why? Because the second point God wants is to rescue us. He wants communion with us. And He keeps calling us back to the Creator. He keeps calling us every sacrifice of the Mass. We offer our sacrifice to God the Father. Because it is right. It is just. It is our duty and our salvation. He wanted to rescue us. But Israel kept rebelling against God. God exiled them and He called them back because He wanted deeper communion to share His love, to share His heart with His people. Right now, God is still seeking every man, woman, and child in the world today. And that's why Christianity, God seeks His family. Every other religion of the world, they go to seek God. But God is actively seeking us more than we seek Him. That's why He needs to rescue us. Let's think about this. His people kept falling. So God makes an Ark of the Covenant, a tabernacle in the womb of a human being in the Blessed Virgin Mary. She gives birth to the Son of God who becomes flesh like one of us because we can't get it right. This man, he walks, he teaches, he preaches, he heals. He's doing everything to draw people into communion with God the Father. To show them that there is a way to the Father. And what did we hear today in that second reading? We heard that he was tested by Pontius Pilate. And he was put to death by the shedding of his blood. Our God came to live among us to show us the way to the Father. Sometimes I think we are not in sync with the Father in our thoughts. We're not in sync with the Father the way we live our lives like that rich man did today in the Gospel. Because the head and the heart need to be as one. Christ the Creator, God our Father the Creator, are the head. We are the heart. And when the head and heart do not work together, there is a breakdown. There is sin. And that's why God wants a deep communion with you. And that's why sometimes communication is needed always between us and the Father. What's going on in your life right now? What's going on in your heart? God created us. Point number two is He rescued us. Point number three is going to be He redeemed us. Jesus died, giving His all, pouring out His blood for you and for me because we are sinners. Folks, do we get that? Do we understand that? 
Because without Jesus giving His life, you and I are dead. Without Jesus becoming man, you and I are bankrupt of heaven. He's pouring down graces on you today. And today the rich man does not receive them because step number four is your response. If you had to sum up the gospel in four words, creator, what did he do? He rescued. Point number three, he redeemed. Point number four is all about you. These two men today, the rich man and Lazarus, both meet their creator. One denied God because he was blessed. The other man cried out to God because he knew he needed his Savior. Why do these two today get so messed up? I think we can identify as the rich men. In so many ways in the world today, that we are blind to the Lazaruses who lay on our doorsteps. We are blind to the local food pantry that is running out of food as we speak because of the hungry and the inflation and the increase of prices. We are blind to those who need to be healed, who need to introduce themselves to Jesus Christ. And these men today run a full circle and they receive their reward and their punishment for what they have choose to live and respond to God. Folks, the charisma is simple. Four simple points that we can share the gospel anybody with. A few weeks ago, I had a lady stop by my office. And usually when people stop in my office, it's not good news. They need help or assistance. Things are going on in their life. And my office door is open 24-7. And I want you all to always know that. Whether you have to call or stop in, the office is here for you. And this lady was telling me a story of unforgiveness. And she had a wad of tissues in her hand and her eyes were swollen as she had been crying for hours. And she says, Father, here's my story. She's telling her story. You expect me to forgive that person? And I said, ma'am, can I tell you a story? Will you give me less than five minutes? There is a man who created you. And when you turned away from him, he come to rescue you. He's still actively seeking you today. We hear in today's psalm, the blind see, the deaf hear. We know of all the miracles he called Lazarus out of his tomb. He would speak and the trees would die. The fig trees. But that's not all. We still don't get it. We still don't understand it. We still don't connect it in our heart. He even went to die for you. Now tell me about your problem. He's the one who looks out in the world today and cries because we have so many rich men who are so blessed that don't acknowledge him. That don't open their hearts to him. That give him an indifferent blind eye. Some come to Mass when they want. Some say their prayers maybe one time a week instead of every day. Some don't even follow the commandments because they think they're foreign. Who here should cry, you or that man that I just told you about? Let me introduce you today to Jesus. He's here in the Eucharist. Folks, that's why we come to receive him. 
And if we're not receiving them as often as we can, we are like that rich man. Yes, God gave me sight this morning. Did I even stop to say thank you? He woke me up today. Did I say thank you? The sun rose today without me doing anything. How did I appreciate that and receive that as a gift? Folks, anything your heart is going through today, whether it's a hard marriage, a difficult relationship with a child, or finances, or anything else, maybe your employment, we have nothing because God understands it and that heart of the gospel, those four points, will cover you. Today is the day that we have to be like Lazarus because we are poor. We can't get to heaven on our own. We have to cry out to God for the help we need. We are not self-dependent. God gave you your fingers to work, your knees and your legs to walk. He gave you a brain to think. What's left in that equation of the charisma is your response. Maybe today you're dealing with an awful situation. Bring it to him. Maybe today your fingers don't work or your legs don't work or your mind doesn't work. Bring it to him. Respond to him. Lazarus responded. He, he got a, a nice reward. The rich man lived for himself. Ate what he wanted, did what he wanted. He was punished. If you want a basic gospel, it's found in our heart of today's gospel. Make sure that we are living it, folks. Because when I die, I want every one of you sitting beside me. And I pray that God will give me the grace to make it to that shoreline of heaven. And I guess I will use the Q-tip and quit taking it personal. Because I have my own work to do. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever. Amen.